we recap our trip to Nashville on the Music Universe podcast. Oh, I miss it already, buddy. I do too. I I, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you pulled my arm and made me go because it's uh, <laughs> it was a great trip. Very refreshing and eye opening. I'm a 26-year-old man. I ganged up on you with your 10-year-old daughter. I am proud of it. You know, <laughs> I have no shame. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I shared a room with you. We did all kinds of stuff together. You absolutely have no shame. <laughs> oh, careful now. But, uh, nah, nah. It's all in, all in good fun. But, you know, we had an awesome time. Um, it, you know, I haven't really told my story too much uh, publicly about leaving town, but... Um, I, my mind was so set on getting to L.A. whenever our manager at the time, my former band's manager, had said, hey, we need to get to L.A. And I just, I, I didn't care to be in Tennessee anymore. Mm-hmm. But, and I was there two years before I left. And going back 12 years later, it felt like home, even though it's not where I'm originally from it just felt like home i i grabbed uh, a rental at the airport and drove to meet you at Opryland hotel and i'm like wow riding driving briley parkway again just felt like i hadn't left so i and of course a lot has changed since then but uh, it, it was a really fun trip and um I had a great time, as did my daughter, and I know you did too. So thank you. It, it was well, awesome. Thank you for coming out to do it. I told my friend, I'm like, wait, and they were like, no, he's not part of your COVID bubble. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't care. We need to get <laughs> out of here. We we needed we need we needed to we needed to go somewhere and do something, and it was fun. I loved staying at Opryland. The Opryland was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful hotel that you just you discover something new every day. It's like you know. This magical place where it's like, I didn't know this atrium was here. I didn't know this lobby was here. I didn't know this hallway was here. Oh, my God. It, oh, we kept getting lost. It keeps going <laughs> and going and going and going. And you know what? I'd stay there again because it's a very special place. It's the place I stayed at the first time I went to Nashville. But, like, mm-hmm. the thing I didn't plan for is if we wanted to drop something off at the hotel, that was a 20-minute break in our day because – Till we got up to the room, dropped the stuff off, freshened up, turned around, got back Mm -hmm. downstairs. Ah! It was like, okay, do we really want to take the stuff back and hike through all the people? But other than that, it really was it really was fun to stay there. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. What what I was really hoping we were going to be able to do was uh, record one of these episodes on the balcony of our room inside one of the atriums, but they didn't have any rooms available. That would have been cool. Um, no, and I figured out why. I figured out, doing... I figured out why. All of those rooms, because there were some that were being occupied, All and it looked, because, and this is the really creepy thing about having a balcony room, as you can <laughs> see in, um, yeah. but they're all king-sized rooms. So there was nothing... For two beds. No, that makes right. sense. Right. So I think those are more for yeah, that makes sense. for for couples traveling together to have that nice view. But there weren't any any queen rooms available uh in interior wise. So if you're traveling to Nashville with a group and you want one of those cool interior rooms, I think you're gonna be 
out of luck because I just don't think a configuration for a couple parties staying in the same room is available for for that. Yeah, yeah. And and an idea I threw past you was we, you know, hook up our mics and just walk walk the hotel and kind of chat. But, um, you know, it, it just wasn't really cut out for that. But uh, we, we had a great time. You know, um, the hotel was, I mean, I had worked there previously uh, in early 2008 for probably five, six months. I was actually a photographer at the riverboats we rode on. And uh, so I was familiar with it, but um, being back 12 years later was like, I don't remember all the walking <laughs> and stuff, but I had never stayed at the hotel. And, um, you know, some to me, some of the restaurants seemed like they were in different spots than what I had remembered. And and that could be that after the flood of 2010 that they relocated some. I, I don't know, but it was really fun. And, um, yeah, if you've never been there, you, you've got to stay there at least once. But if you think it's close to downtown, think again. It It's about a good 20-minute drive without traffic. Yeah. And then after, you know, one of the other big things we went to do was the Country Music Hall of Fame. That oh, yes. was awesome. Yes, that truly inspiring too. If if you've never been there, I mean, it, it's it's a must see if you're going to be in Nashville, right downtown, Fourth Fifth Avenue somewhere uh, on Demunbrian, and um. Why do I it's feel like just... Demunbrian? Because you love to say Demunbrian. Why do I feel like Demunbrian <laughs> is like a password that you use? Well, b- because when I first moved there, I pronounced it Demon Bruin. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea how it was pronounced until I heard somebody say it. And I'm like, wait, that's how you say it. Um, just like out here, there's a um, there's a street that I can't think of right now. Uh, oh, Sepulveda. I didn't know how to say that. I thought it was Sepulveda. Super overdose. I, I don't know. I I was dumb. I couldn't figure out how to say it. And then somebody said Sepulveda. I'm like, oh, that's how you say it. So um, I just like saying it because I know how to say it. Yeah. And I like people to know that I know how to say it properly like a, <laughs> and not yeah. be a redneck about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. But, um, you know, it, it was great just seeing all the, the cool stuff there. And I mean, we got a ton of pictures that we haven't posted yet. Um, I, I didn't. You know, I, I didn't want to ruin the mm-hmm. experience for anyone that hasn't been there. But some of the ones that have us in it, um, you know, are I know I posted some on my personal um, Instagram. I, I don't think I touched too much of the the music universe one like I had suggested that we might do. But I kind of knew that would happen. We just get wrapped up in the moment. And, you know, we're, we're not really social media gurus to the point that where we think everything has to be documented for that. So we just kind of, uh, you know, took a bunch of pictures, uh, which we were allowed to do and, uh, just really tour the thing. Uh, you know, they had their times you had to be there, but uh, I don't really think there was, it didn't seem like there was a time limit. No, like you could go at your own pace. Um, you know, it was cool to see the Brooks and Dunn exhibit. It was pretty big. Um, and it was just neat to see the history of country music, even though I'd been there before. You know, it's yeah. refreshing to see these things uh, more than one time. And, uh, you know, um, it, it's really cool that when you walk in, um, just the setup of it. Of course, there's the, the gift shop where I dropped about 100 bucks. But um, it was uh, really cool. I uh, I don't know that I could say I have uh, a favorite exhibit. If I did, it'd 
probably be uh, Burks and Dunn. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what was yours, if any? <laughs> Anything with Manuel clothing in it? Oh, we're gonna get there, but <laughs> let, let me intro that here in a second. Um, <laughs> well, no, no. So, let me tell you, know, you about my least favorite exhibit, and I, I hate to be okay. I hate to be yeah. negative. Um, but my least favorite exhibit is the Garth exhibit because there's like everybody else has like really cool stuff. Garth had, I think the only thing he had in there was the, the guitar. And this is actually cool. This is cool. I, I, I don't have a problem with the stuff that's in the, ex, in the exhibit that is there. Cause the stuff that's there is cool, but it's so minimal. And right. that's what I have a problem with. The guitar that's in there is Kent Blasey's guitar that he borrowed, mm-hmm. uh, for the mm-hmm. dance music video. And we have talked to Kent a few times on this show, and hopefully, you know, we were supposed to meet up with him, but uh, but they had a COVID scare, and, and he didn't want to risk it, so um, they they yeah. uh, they did not. We did that over the phone from the coffee shop while we were together, but it was funny because we did that interview, and that was like the last interview, well, except for the big special one we did, uh, the last interview before, no, that day, that was the last interview before we went over to the Hall of Fame. And to see the right. guitar, so we were just that was really yeah, cool. So that was really cool. But he has so many Mobetta shirts. Uh, he has Stetsons out his ass, I'm sure. So wh- oh, why yeah. some of that stuff isn't in there? Uh, lesser known artists had more notable pieces. Oh, Casey Musgraves. Yeah, Casey Musgraves. Had a huge. Exhibit. Yeah, had a huge exhibit. And even Reba, her exhibit was small, but at least she had like the iconic dress from the live album cover. That you know, yeah, and 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 years ago she had a big exhibit like Brooks and Dunn's or yeah. Casey's. It might be closer to Casey's uh, size because of everything that was donated. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised the minimal Garth mm-hmm. exhibits that were in there. Uh, you know, there was a cool um, Central Park uh, wall. Mm-hmm. I'll call it that. We got our pictures at. Yeah. Um, which I'll probably post if I haven't by now. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was kind of surprised at that too, but it was really neat how it was laid out and, oh, yeah. and how you could go in and just see, it really started with the history of country and then it went, you know, to the Brooks and Dunn exhibit and then it kind of jumped back to earlier country. And so you kind of walk in a timeline yeah. pretty much of country music history. So, you know. That, that was really cool, and, okay. you know, we, we need to just – it was awesome. I know my favorite one now, um, the Keith Whitley, because okay. that wasn't there the first time I was there, the Keith Whitley exhibit. Mm, I love Keith yeah. Whitley. That is a tragedy that we lost him as early as we did in country music, and I, it's just one of those things where you wonder what could have been, you know, kind, kind yeah. of like with Hank. Yeah. It's almost like he was a, a, a 90s country version of Hank Williams. Hank was so big – for a hot second, and then he died. And we still talk about Hank Williams, and we still talk about Keith Whitley. And so that one was mm-hmm. really... And I'm glad to see that he had a bigger exhibit, too, because I think his contribution is often understated. And I have no doubt that he and Lori Morgan would still be together if he were still alive. So, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. That was a... F- Fiery. That seemed like a fiery. Well, weren't they uh, mar- weren't they married at the time of his divorce? At the time of his death, I think they were. Um, I I don't. Maybe they were. I don't remember. But uh, I, I know she's pretty difficult, from what I've heard. <laughs> well, we won't go there. Now, but you know, 
Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, you know, we want to thank everybody at the Hall of Fame yes. for uh, putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. And the way they're doing it, for those that want to go, is when you get up to the level, you're socially, di- they, they hold you back and let the line kind of disperse and socially distance. But once they let you finally start at the starting point, you're good to go. It's not like every room you go in, they hold you back. Once they start you, they've 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 held you back enough that enough space technically should be allowed that you're that you're going. But I mean, right. nobody stays in one. Nobody follows the path. So, but they are good at keeping the capacity down that it's it's not uncomfortable. And no, it wasn't at all. So, so that was a lot of fun. I remember in 2015 being there and doing that the first time I went uh, to Nashville. And so after the Country Music Hall of Fame, I... I yeah, why don't, why don't you tell everybody about your uh, expensive-ass shirt? Do I have to? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, you, you already mentioned Manuel. Well, yeah, no, so no, I'm just... I'm it's... just... Because what it was... <laughs> Was I'm looking at all these costume pieces, and I'm like, Manuel, Manuel, I know, oh yeah, Manuel, duh. Oh, right, he has a showroom here in the Nashville. I should go, we should go and take a look at some of his stuff, because when you go to his showroom, you can try stuff on, you can see the beautiful pieces, um, and he's yeah. there working in the back of his shop. He's a legend, and he's there. So... Well, well, let everybody know who he's dressed. Oh my, well, everybody... He's dressed. If you're if you've seen popular music throughout the last 40, 50, 60 years, he's dressed at least one known outfit from a, from a celebrity. Um, he yeah. even did some movie shirts for John Wayne. Uh, you know, he's just he's prolific. We're going to be finding Manuel mm-hmm. in pop culture for years to come. Uh, Sergeant Pepper album he put uh, for the Beatles, and then he put uh, Johnny Cash in black. Um, he did. One of John Wayne's iconic uh, clay red colored shirts. Uh, just everything. Everybody. This man has. Even Sonny and Cher, before Cher became, you know, the number one client to Bob Mackey, post Carol Burnett show, um, uh, Cher wore Manuel. Um, he did, and this is in the documentary that I watched that is just awesome. I got to send you the link to it. Um, He did when Loretta Lynn received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Obama a few years ago. He did the outfit specifically that she wore for that to the White House. Wow. Um, Wow. So he does everything, everything the man does. And it has actually been one of these unprofessed, like, it'll never happen, dreams of mine to own a piece of his. Because I grew up... You have to understand, he also clothed everybody in Branson on those tapes that I grew up watching. So Jim Stafford, my friend Jim Stafford has a few Manuels. Uh, There's an artist who owns a theater out there named Shoji Tabuchi. He wears almost exclusively Manuels and Bill Hargate uh, jackets. And and Hargate actually did the costumes for Black Panther. That's actually a Hollywood costume shop uh, out out in Hollywood near where you are. So I've been seeing Manuel's creations all my life, and I wanted a piece. And I pulled this gray and blue shirt with rhinestones off the rack. Now, I was 
not going there with anything in mind to buy. If anything, I thought I might might get something. I had a little bit of a budget in mind. But I pulled this this piece of clothing off, off the rack and I looked at it. And I knew, like, it spoke, it's it's one of those things, and I think Manuel could relate to this, because when you see the tailored work he does, it's like, it was. it's not like, oh, it was custom fit to the artist. No, his work is made for the artist. His work ends up becoming yes. identifiable iconography to the artist. Uh, he, it's just, so when I pulled it off, it was, you're going to think this is so hokey, but don't judge me. It felt like I had to have that shirt. Like, that was my shirt. So no, it was calling. Yeah, you. it was. It was, it calling was this you. gray shirt with this blue yoking, because that's what that's called. That scooping, that blue yoking, mm-hmm. uh, the pearls, the perfect blue pearl snaps, the the rhinestones that weren't too much, but it was still rhinestones uh, on the on the arms and on the shirt. And it's just, and yeah. it's my weekend note shirt now for our show weekend notes. I've decided that for continuity, I'm going to wear the same thing every week, and I'm going to wear that shirt every week, at least for a little while, to get some use out of it. But to me, yeah. So everyone listening, don't think that Matt just you know did a a melee of edits and stuff, <laughs> and he's it's it's a new recording. It's just the same damn shirt. Yes. <laughs> well, I say the date at the every at the top of the at the. I have to tell you, I worked for uh, I worked for about a month. I helped launch a show for Governor Eric Greitens, uh, and he's a he's a talk show host now, former Missouri governor, where you're from, and he taught me that. Mm-hmm. I said because one of the things was I was coming in as a producer. I said, so aesthetically, what are we doing? And he says, well, I'm going to wear the same thing every night: a blue shirt with a collar, a blue collared button down shirt with button with button collars and a navy blue or black blazer. I said, okay. And so that is smart because we film things throughout the week. We want to keep it consistent. If we do a piece one week that we can then do another week. That that lesson, that was actually a smart lesson that, hey, it isn't bad to wear the same thing. It actually brand co- yeah, consistency yeah. is pretty good. So anyway pull this shirt out, I look at the price tag and I literally look at you and I go, fuck it. This is mine. <laughs> yeah. And I go, okay. And Well comes out from the back because he heard somebody was buying something. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I actually think he was making his way out before. Well, you, you had requested to talk to That's him, right. To meet That's him. right. So she said he was on his way back to the shop and uh, he he made his way out as you were uh, finding love into this shirt, even having trying it on. But I have to know, and he, I have to know, buddy, what was it like for you to watch this mental process, this mental and emotional process of like, oh, my God, I get to accomplish a dream and own a piece of artwork. W- what was it like for you to because. Normally, it's like my parents or somebody else is there when I see something go crazy. What was it like for you to to witness this? Because I'm sure it was odd. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, odd to (laughs) say the least. Fucking crazy is probably more right on the par. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, just being honest there. uh, You know, I... I was uh, shocked at a lot of the price tags because, you know, I'm, I'm not a, like I said before, I'm not a fashion guy. So I didn't really understand what right. he had done, you know, 
uh, even though my age, maybe I should know a little more. But I, I'm I'm into the artist, not not in the music, not the fashion behind it. So, forgive me that I didn't know, well, no, but I thought it was fashion. crazy when my daughter. You say when, well yeah. when my daughter pulls a price tag on a jacket and said it's forty five hundred dollars. I'm like, oh yeah. Ouch. Oh, I knew it would be, there would be sticker shock involved. The thing is, it's not about the fashion for me. I'm not, you know, you see how I dress. I'm not that kind of gay. The, right, the, right. The, it's more about how an artist is branded. That's what's fascinating to me. And fashion, yes. what they choose to wear, plays a big part in that. So, but just the joy and jubilation on my face, because honestly, 90% of his stuff I wouldn't wear unless he was making something custom for me. Um, 90% of his stuff I wouldn't buy just to say that I had a piece of Manuel from Manuel. I, you know, I wasn't smitten with any of the jackets or anything. Not that I would have been able to afford a jacket, but, um, (laughs) but I saw that piece. I'm like blue and gray. Those are, those are colors I really like. That's a nice gray. Uh, It was perfect. Oh, it's a beautiful shirt. It's a, it's gorgeous. Um, I, I just, when, when you told me what your budget was and then you told me what that was, I'm like. Oh shit! It, well, it, it wasn't too. You're in trouble. It wasn't too <laughs> far off the budget. You doubled. Yes, but st- you doubled. What do you mean? It's not too far off. You doubled the budget. Too far off would have been like over double. <laughs> like be, if it would have been a straight okay, double. Each, each to their own with yeah. what their assumptions of too far off is, but. You know, I'm 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 excited that you got it. We actually, while you were trying it on, yeah, you were talking. My with daughter him. and I actually, yeah, oh yeah, we chatted. Now, well, I chatted. She was a little too shy, but he was he was a really nice man, and he was really um really into what uh we were doing in town and what you know mm-hmm. my, my daughter wants to sing. She loves to sing and wants to sing, and he was just you know encouraging her to go out and do that and love that. and stuff. And you know, at ten years old, you're a little shy and not sure what to say i mean i've been there i'm still there in some aspects but um you know it, it was really really cool and then you came out and you're like i'm buying this like all right so we chatted with him while you finished up your transaction you know you um took a couple photos with him and on we went from somewhere downtown to uh back to the hotel well because it was the show that night but we were talking and laughing about it the whole way home and our friend scott who's a publicist in the industry you hear us you'll hear us talk about him on these uh on this live (laughs) from nashville week that we're doing um he texts me he goes so how much did that cost you i'm like do you really want to know he was like oh yeah i really want to know and I told him, and he was like, well, okay then. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and you wore it. Um, honestly, not nothing against the Oaks, but I think you were the best dressed in that building. Well, nah, Jeannie Seeley was a couple tables away from us, and she was, that's true, she was pretty but dapper. I, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, you expect that. But, I mean, you were one of the top two best dressed. Oh, yes. We'll put it that yes. way. And the Oaks, the Oaks, that show was fantastic, and. Uh, they, they're the, oh, we yeah. know some things on background through working with them to, to, to go to the show about how they're doing this that we're not going to talk about. And I have to say, you got, knowing what we know, you guys have nothing to worry about if you go to see this show. It's at the, it's in the, uh, presidential ballroom where I actually saw Charlie Daniels when I was eight years old on my first trip. So, you know, it's funny how things come yeah, full cool. circle. Um, 
It was a great show. Very, very COVID friendly, so to speak. I mean, everything is spaced out. We had our own table, mm-hmm. um, dead center. Um, everything spaced out. In fact, they they made they opened another room to make it. They opened to three. give you more space. It's all three yeah. presidential ballroom sections, and then the stage is. And don't be afraid of your table number because we were table seventy, but we were we were as close as we would have wanted to be. It was oh it yeah, it was great. Um, they don't do. And I talk about this in my review which they shared like within a millisecond of you publishing it, which I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, they <laughs> yeah, they don't great. do a lot of their hits. They open with three of their hits, and then it's all Christmas. Now, not- but, you know, it was – the Christmas show was very, yes. very, uh, very well done. Yeah, and it was, and um, it was needed. Some really neat effects. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it puts you right there. I'm, I mean, this wasn't even Thanksgiving, and they started. This was a week before Thanksgiving, and they started doing this, and they're doing it through Christmas night. But it it was a great show. Now I I had never seen them before, right. so I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not too familiar with most of their music. Obviously, Elvira being the being the biggest one I know, but it was one of those uh, shows that for seeing them for the first time is um, very, uh, very heartwarming. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, they each had their t- moments to shine and uh, it, it was a wonderful show. And yes, if you knew the background behind how they're doing it, you, you'd be amazed at how well they pulled it off, but maybe you wouldn't because they're all professionals. Well, it's, it's what we needed this year. I mean, you know, you say a week before Thanksgiving, look, I go by and our friend Scott agrees, uh, realizes this too. I go by the Branson model. Halloween is over in Branson. All the shows that would be that are doing their regular season shows up through Halloween. I got to tell you, November 1st. Ding dong, ding dong. Oh no, no, I know, yeah. I know, because like I like I said in a previous episode, my tree was up on November first. Yep. But what I was saying, it was just so. Even though it was not quite Thanksgiving, it still puts you in the Christmas spirit Absolutely. if you weren't in it because, I mean, the hotel which we haven't even discussed. Yeah. How what pretty that it's was gorgeous. was just miraculously decorated, yeah. and you know I, they're as detailed as Disney. I, yeah. I would say, but. Seeing all that and then going into this show and just seeing that stage come to life as a Christmas miracle, basically, was just fantastic. It was really great. So, Scott, thank you. Thank you, The Oaks. Joe, thank you for sharing the article. You guys are yeah. you guys are amazing. You know, it's it's we flew across the country for that. Now, you didn't know you were going to get in, but we got you in. I flew yeah. across the country. I flew, well, I shouldn't say across the country. I guess, no, you didn't. I guess D.C. is closer to Nashville than... Than I would initially think. Okay, you had an hour and a half trip. I had like a five hour. Yeah, uh huh. I know. It's uh, (laughs) so, but I flew to another state. Let's say that to see a concert because that's how deprived we've been this year. Like by by this time, we've seen all the major tours, gone to all the shows, and we just couldn't do that throughout most of this year. I mean, I kicked this year off. We went at it hard. I think. From January to March, I was at a show pretty consistently every weekend, uh, and so it was yeah. pretty hard to not have to not have that. Um, so to be able to yeah, to have and it you was know, great. 
Yeah, and even though I wasn't even planning to go on the trip, let alone planning to see that show, it was. I'm, I'm glad it was done. I, I'm, I'm glad we did it. And you know, people are probably like, "Well, why are you guys traveling?" And during COVID, you have to get back to life, people. Just do it in a smart way. Wear your mask and wear the damn thing over your nose and mouth, and you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's and, it's like because. You know, we could get into the politics of are the cases really surging or is the testing becoming better? You know, there's also data that says there's people dying with COVID and the people dying from COVID. It's not as bad as initially reported. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to believe. There's been I'm very annoyed at the lack right. of consistency, but that's a, a, a show for a, a, a that's another show for a topic that we don't even touch. And that's politics. What I will say is yeah. this. I am somebody who in March and April and even most of May. I didn't want to go anywhere. I mean, I did not want to. I was in Pennsylvania. I was staying at home. I was living the life, had my job, saving up money to eventually use later for when I would move. I, I, I was I didn't want to go anywhere. I did not want to go outside. I didn't want to risk it. I think in the first six weeks of being home, I left the house twice myself mm -hmm. because my dad elected himself the doomsday prepper to go to the grocery store and run the errands <laughs> oh and he's a he's a doomsday prepper my dad's a whole other subject love him to death so do you guys have like uh, a bunch of supplies stored in a closet no he's not that crazy yet but he's retiring next year and i think that's where i think that's going to be the investment um <laughs> and a bomb shelter <laughs> well yeah uh so he he's he would go out all goggled up and and uh, so he I didn't leave the house for a long while. And then I started mm -hmm. seeing my grandparents and seeing and going out maybe once a week to help with groceries or whatever. By May, now this is a little personal, but my boyfriend and I had broken up. He had decided to go back to New York, wanted to be with his family for the rest of it. And we decided mutually to part ways. And I was just, it was, an, it was amicable, but it was an emotional roller coaster. And when I'm, when I'm emotionally exhausted, the thing I want to do is travel. So I was like, I'm ready to get out of the house. So I called some friends, and we went down to uh, – we did an eight-hour drive down to Kentucky. down or No, it was a 13-hour drive down to Kentucky to go to the Vent Haven Museum. I'm also a ventriloquist, or I, I was. I haven't done it in a while, but I still love the art. Went down to the museum. Yeah. Much-needed, refreshing two-night trip. Came back about a month later. I started zigzagging back and forth between PA and DC, working on moving down here, and so I I worked my way back into it. And now I'm high risk, okay? And I've traveled to Nashville between DC and Pennsylvania, down to Kentucky. I've traveled quite a lot, and I've knock on wood, right. knock on drywall, not <laughs> not caught it yet. I think I will, and I hope my symptoms won't be se well, severe. Let, let's hope you don't. I hope I don't, let's... but I think, you know, these people... Well, this is the other thing, right? And this is this is also proof that we need to get back to living life. These people who live in bubbles, like Governor Tom Wolf of my home state, Pennsylvania, and the comedian talk show host, Ellen DeGeneres, who they're very safe with their COVID protocols and whatever else. So but they... She got it, by the way. So they say. She just got it. I was it. just going to say, they... Both Governor Wolf and Ellen, people you would think have the, because of their positions, 
have the most access to being able to be in a bubble and not have risk, uh, they got it. So mm-hmm. mm, we're going to move from it being a pandemic to it being, this is what my cousin says, it's going to move from being a pandemic to it being endemic in our society, and we're just going to have to manage it. So yeah, I think there's hope. I think by summer we'll see, we'll see uh, concerts and things resume. But you know what? We're living through history. We're traveling through history. We're going to Nashville. That wasn't just a Christmas show. That was history being made, a residency in Nashville, socially distanced, done very well that you can actually take your mask off at the table, by the way. Uh, wear it. Yes. Wear it going through the uh, wear it going through the ballroom and through the hotel. But when you're with your party, you can take your mask off. Which I hope comedy clubs and theaters, as we open back up with socially distanced seating, I hope that's what they take. They take the restaurant approach. Wear it to get to your seat. Once you're at your seat, take it off. Breathe because it, it just it, it's um, the fact that it's bothersome to people is not a partisan issue. It's not a comfortable thing to wear a mask. So. Right. We should wear them, but we should also look for opportunities to remove that as an obstacle from people enjoying the activities as we get back to life. That's that's my position. Yeah, no, totally. And and to reference back to the Oaks show, that is a dinner yes. uh, ahead of that. In fact, they took my damn dessert as the show was starting. I wouldn't finish. <laughs> that but, was funny. Um, <laughs> like literally out of my hand. So... um. With that being said, you know, Nashville has a, a, or Davidson County where Nashville resides has a mask policy or get fined thing. Yeah. But, you know, we, we were having fun downtown walking and I saw several people walk past police officers without masks and they didn't seem to it's care. It's the same thing here in D.C. My best friend walked up to a cop one time and said, find me. And he was like, no, go away. They're not enforcing it. They're not enforcing it. And yeah. and, and, and now we, we have a crazy stay-at-home order here and in California, and most sheriff's offices like, we're not enforcing this. They're, how, how can we enforce this? I mean, right. it's, it's like false imprisonment to me. That's how I feel. Well, it's, it's – And a curfew. It's inconsistent because Florida is doing what I think people should do, and you can crucify me – what the state should do, and you can crucify me for this. The governor – has ordered an executive order, issued an executive order, preventing uh, local governments within the state, counties, municipalities, from enforcing masks, mask orders. What does that say? That says that businesses hmm. are now solely responsible for the mask mandates, whether they are enforced or not. And that means that businesses now don't have to have mask mandates. And now people are going to in Florida are going to start voting with their wallet, whether they feel whether they feel like they want to go to the places where people are wearing masks or whether they're sick of it and are going to go to the places that don't, they're going to that don't require it. They're going to start voting with their wallet. And I know some Democrats who are even OK with that, hmm. you know, because that's typically the conservative position. I know some Democrats who are OK with that. And it is what it is. So all of this no, to I'm, say I'm, we're living through history. Yeah. <laughs> We are, we are, we are, um, you know, and th- that's crazy to hear that from Florida. I, I don't follow that much news apparently because I've not heard that. But um, another highlight we had besides just walking, a lot of walking and hills and parking and all that downtown, the Grand Ole Opry. We took a tour 
of the Grand Ole Opry, and they they same enforcement. I mean, everywhere's doing the same enforcement, but you you got to stay six feet apart from your from the tour guide from the other parties. But the opening, the the intro to that it, chills. I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, oh. but oh, I'm getting chills thinking about it. super cool and awesome awesome rendition of Will the Circle Be Unbroken. I have to tell you, I think they need to release that as a charity single for the opera. You know what? I, I wish they would. It was definitely... Prof- well, Garth and Trisha led it, so obviously it was professionally done, you, but it was uh, it was awesome. We should, we, should, we should look into whether the Opry or Ryman Hospitality owns the publishing to that song, because that's like the, the whole motif between the Opry and the Country Music Hall of Fame is that song, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Um, yeah. It's just, ah, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. You know, I'm not one, if I go into a building that's of reverence or if I'm seeing something that's of reverence, like the first time, it was cool and I was smiling from ear to ear, but I don't get emotional. Like you see these people, they talk about the emotional and the and the gravity of, right. of it. Like stepping into the Ryman or right. something. You just that, that, start balling. That right? has never been me. But the cool thing about the Opry Tour is you're learning about the the member history, especially in that opening number. The member history mm-hmm. at the same time, because it's intertwined with the history of the building and the history of, of the show and, and everything. And five years ago, I was doing a ventriloquism podcast, and I had reached out to... Dolly Parton's publicist at the time, and I wanted to do a pilot country music talk show, and I wanted Dolly to be the inaugural guest because go big or go home. And now five years... <laughs> go big twice. Right, and that was even after. That was when I was back at school. That was after uh, the uh, the um, the visit to the Opry. I had not interviewed a single country star in my life. Now, I've talked to, met just about anybody uh, from that genre, which even though the music universe is all news, I think people can tell by now is our favorite genre. Um, I never, I never imagined five years ago that I'd be back there, you know, with somebody that has allowed me, you, the opportunity to interview all these stars and that I do that with regularly. And it just, it was a very... Very emotional for me. Very emotional. Yeah. I don't know if you felt the same way, but it it was, it was just I was crying, and I do not cry at museum tours. I'm sorry, I'm a it, little it, more cynical than that, but that got me. That really did. You know, maybe it wasn't as emotional for me because when I lived in Nashville, and and even but when I my first trip to Nashville was in '98. Yeah. And we did the. Country Music Hall of Fame when it was actually on Music Row ne- uh, down the street from RCA Studio B. And you, you could tour that as well, which you could still tour that, but you just have to shuttle to Music Row. Uh, we, we did the Grand Ole Opry tour, and I remember hearing and even seeing when Primetime Country was on TNN, um, they filmed there. There's a TV studio uh back there um and they filmed there and you we sat at the desk and i know the pictures have to be somewhere at least i hope i have them somewhere um and you actually got to sit at the desk there well being back there i i remember hearing 
I couldn't remember everything that had been filmed there, but Hee Haw filmed uh, at at the Opry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's really cool is that uh, being back again after 12 years, but I had actually done my own personal tour of it uh, with details I won't get into uh, back in like 2007. Oh, so no, 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 um, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Damn it. stop, go on. All right, so... I was uh, playing with a singer in 2007, and we hung out a lot, and we were just, I think, we were dressed up, and she's like, hey, let's let's just go see if we can get into the opera. Oh, so a former girlfriend, go on. No, it wasn't, mind you, and Uh um, we, eh, whatever, we drove up to the artist entrance, and security just didn't ask any questions. They just let us on through. And we walked through the artist entrance and we just kind of walked the place like we owned it. And that's really what I remember. I don't remember how long we stayed. I, I don't remember much of anything, but I, I don't know how that happened. But we got in. And what's funny is because you hear during the tour that there is a security guard that checks every artist's ID despite who they are. Yet we were able <laughs> to just walk into the place. <laughs> so I had been there. So it wasn't as emotional or special, I guess. I mean, it was still special, but it wasn't as emotional for me because I had been there um, before. And it, it was just in a different capacity. Now, I was always hoping the next time I was there, I'd be behind the drums. And believe me, I... I was doing oh, you my tried. damnedest not to you jump tried. back you there. Were, oh, look at the drums <laughs> back there, and and your and your daughter went, "Daddy, no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it it was a it was a great uh, great thing to see it. But you know, I guess what got me the most emotional about it was seeing that flood line marker. Yeah, in the green room, uh, it gives me chills. Now, I had already been in California about a year and a half when that flood hit, mm-hmm. but um. Just thinking that, you know, four feet of water in that place and where that line was, it's very emotional because there's just so much history there and you don't think about anything tearing that history apart. And then you have this flood that, you know, forced the Opry to go downtown back to its original home at the Ryman for X amount of months. I forgot how long they said and but they didn't miss a Saturday night just like they haven't during COVID. They've managed to still broadcast every Saturday night through all this turmoil. So that that is where I got emotional mm-hmm. as we got in there and saw stuff that I couldn't have even seen last time I was there. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. It was just a powerful, powerful experience, and we created memories that will last uh, a lifetime. Yeah. Really. Oh, yeah, we, we got a lot more, but I don't, I don't want to keep dragging this on. But if you guys have heard, uh, we we some of the interviews we did, if you've been listening to our live in Nashville uh, series this week, uh, Chapel Heart, we've had Flo, J.D. Shelburne again, Kent Blasey, we, as you mentioned earlier, we were going to do in person. He had a COVID scare. We, you know, he opted to just do it via phone, but we chatted with him because he had some big news. Uh, we also chatted with uh, Tim and Roxanne, 
Atwood mm-hmm. in person at uh, this nice little uh, coffee shop called Nashville Coffees, and it's uh, right behind the Nashville Palace across from the Opryland Hotel, and uh, Nicole, I believe, is the owner's name, and her husband. Super sweet people. Uh, In one of the episodes, you talked to her uh, about it, but after that, on uh, Saturday, we actually went, and uh, one that hasn't aired yet, that not sure on the air date because it's quite extensive, uh, songwriter Margie Singleton. Yes. That'll be 85, 85 years old, and she's still doing it. I get excited about that one, and then I remember I have to edit it, and it's going to be a beast to edit. But I'm <laughs> so excited that for it. That was the agreement. I'll do the others. Yes, you do that one because there's there's just a lot of um, a lot of uh, just, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be edited, not for content or anything, but just to make the whole thing kind of more of a coherent type of thing as she was showing us her her house and stuff and so it, it was really cool we got to drive up to Hendersonville and uh, hang out with her for about an hour so thanks to everybody that made that trip and uh, I'm looking forward to being back except hopefully on a permanent level well you will keep us posted and it'll it'll affect you know, we won't be the two coastal. I told you we won't be the two coastal guys anymore. You'll be in Nashville, <laughs> and I'll fly down once a month for a show. Don't do, don't move, buddy. Oh. C- care about my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it'll be beneficial to everybody because we'll um, we'll be able to attend events uh, when when they're happening at at the rate that they were. You know, hopefully the award shows that are there. I never apply for press because we just we're not close and you don't find out usually till like sometimes the week of, and it's not easy to book a trip that, you know, close to an event. Um, especially when you have to get hotels and cars and all that. So, um, we're excited. We'll see what happens, but, uh, it felt like home and it rekindled my love affair for the city after my eyes were just kind of sewn shut trying to get out to California. So I'm excited. Yeah. All right, well, for the Music Universe podcast. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You got to follow us on You got to follow us on TikTok. Oh, yes. We just in the last week created a TikTok account and we're we're building it. So, bear with us if there's something you want to see that we're not doing, hit us up. I mean, I'm I'm open to suggestions. Um we're we're picking and choosing what to post on there because I know it's very popular. And if you do you don't want to put the wrong thing out there or something that people are not going to connect with, so to speak. So we each have our own. Mine's at Buddy On. Matt's is at Talk for Two Plus The Music Uni. So check us out. Follow us on all socials and now TikTok. And of course, themusicuniverse.com for the latest news and reviews and release info and of course we have our weekend notes and notable releases in video form that uh, take place on youtube and uh until igtv figures out their damn fair use issues with news programs we're not going to be on there very much because we get flagged all the time for just showing clips that are fair use for being a news organization yeah Uh, well All right, buddy. Signing off, I'm Matt Bailey. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 